Everybody hated you, Puddin. Welcome to Legends of Gotham. I didn't do that right. Everybody hated you, Puddin. Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series Gotham set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And I'm also known affectionately as Puddin. 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 And we're joining you live uh, Sunday night, 9 p.m. EST over on on Facebook Facebook Live. Live. We're trying something new this week. Yeah, uh, you YouTube people, uh, sorry, we're not over there. We posted a video over there so you know that we switched things up. But the poll (laughs) ran its course. It ran its course, for sure. And, uh, you know, uh, we're we're not going to be doing it anymore over there. But if you go to Facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham, Sunday nights, 9 p.m., you'll be right here with us. So how are you doing, Anne-Marie? I'm good. Good? I'm just good. <laughs> no, She's now just I was like, where are the comments that I thought would be right there? They're not there? They're not there. That's fine. Um, you can probably... Ah, I got it. I figured you it out. You got it? Okay. Well, I mean, I don't have it, but I came up with it. And Marie's pulling up your comments. So I'm why don't you ask to. me what, how Hi, I'm Bill. Doing how are you doing today? I am doing bad. <laughs> <laughs> I have been sick all weekend. This uh, is true. This is so true. in grand uh, Legends of Gotham universe box fashion, be prepared for my voice to kind of cut out at any point during the broadcast. That's true. It and we apologize if uh, if uh, if that happens. But if it doesn't, all the better. Okay, so uh, okay. So Anne Marie, you want to go ahead and get us started with our rhyming Ridley? One ep- second, I'm seeing if there's anybody here. No, not yet. Okay, okay. hi. Why is Pangy forever alone? He demanded obedience while inside his home. Has the GCPD created a haven? It was a safe place till the windows caved in. Is Selena a victim? <laughs> Not any longer. If mutants are strong, is Catwoman stronger? With the survivor count hovering near zero, who will proclaim that he's Penguin our hero? Penguin our hero! And Marie, what you think? I mean, about that the, the episode or what you just did there? Uh, either or. Okay, we're going to pretend that. I, I want you to find one word to describe both. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> good word. Whoa. Good word. Yes. So, so yeah, it was it was pretty good. Pretty good? It was pretty good. Um, I have questions, I have quibbles, I have bits. Mm-hmm. I remember to put those in the doc this week. Oh, excellent. I put That's in more good. than you did. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Um lots of interesting developments, mm-hmm. one might say. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There were a couple of things that were sort of like lampshaded, uh, I thought, uh, throughout the episode. But overall, I really liked it. Yep, good times. Okay, so I'll go ahead to my first point. Will you see if you can get comments up? No, uh, I got them. They're here. They're oh, just you got them? way okay. down there because you wrote a lot. That's fair. Okay, uh, so I, my first point tonight, I have affectionately called Tears in Haven. Uh, so um, I, I figured, you know, why don't we just go ahead and start at the end? Uh, everybody the in Haven is most likely dead. Uh, yeah, probably. Those were some pretty, I mean, it, Those knocked, were some big it knocked Babs and Penguin and everyone down on the ground and they were outside, like in, in between all oh, of them. So, I mean, you know, pretty, pretty uh, major explosion there. Correct. Um, so, so I think, well, one, uh-huh. my theory, they're all dead. Uh, but- <laughs> theory, everyone's dead. Game <laughs> over. We've got nine episodes to do something. More importantly, though, <laughs> uh, is the question of who did it? Who, who set off that bomb? Uh, so there's a lot of suspects, especially considering that all the gangs of Gotham are losing members due to members flocking to Haven. They mentioned that in this Correct episode. 
that, you know, everyone from all four corners of Gotham are coming to Haven. Uh, but I got to thinking about it uh, when we were doing our second rewatch today. And uh, I, I was thinking about, you know, the government official that Jim's been talking to on the radio or, or government official. Uh, you know, I he told him last episode that it needed to keep all the innocent people together and safe in the green zone and that he shouldn't venture out into other territories to save people. So I'm thinking that maybe the government official isn't actually a government official. Uh, no, actually, the government official isn't actually a government official. Um, what if whoever it is, they told Jim to lock things down and isolate the defenseless so it would be easier to kill them, uh, to do something like this, set off the bomb? I am going to half agree and half completely disagree. And you okay. know, you knew this was coming. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. So I am on board with the government official not being an actual government official. Cool. Fine. I get mm -hmm. it. I believe it. I'm down with it. Yeah. Um, what I'm not really believing is I think me and you mis um, interpreted what said government official said. Uh -huh. You're interpreting the green zone just being haven. Mm -hmm. But it's not. Well, I don't know. No. Let okay. me finish. Okay. Um, they didn't even venture to move into Haven until Jim was going to get the 27 kids last week. Mm -hmm. That is when he told Lucius, we're going to have to put these people somewhere. And he went and magically found a 250 apartment or, um, apartment building with mm -hmm. this awesome courtyard. And it was fantastic. And gates conveniently at the front. Yeah. Um, But that is a part of the green zone. It is not like the entirety because before um, they went to go get those kids, they were all from the looks of it living in the GCPD or a building similar or nearby. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, Hello, Soledad. I like that. The government official is Bane. Oh, Soledad in, in the comments in said, the comments, uh, maybe the there. government official is Bane. That's kind of along the lines of what I was thinking. Uh, We've ben got Bane. Yeah, if we can hold We've him up to the him. camera here, bang. Uh, but but yeah, it, it's interesting. Like my interpretation wasn't so much that Haven and the Green Zone were synonymous. I, I I got that. I was just saying more that the government official was saying, "Hey, let's get every target into one place so we can eliminate them all at one time." Maybe, but I don't actually. That's not even how I. The government the government official didn't say put them all in a building. And make uh -huh. our lives easy. They said, yeah. keep everybody in the green zone safe. The green zone spans multiple blocks in multiple, like in multiple directions. It's like, I forget the exact, a three block radius or something. Mm -hmm. It's tiny. It ain't big. And somehow it must include Wayne Enterprises because we have a water filtration system. <laughs> but, um, you know, so they're, they're responsible for more than just the people in Haven so somebody yeah. else is alive. But if somebody was aware enough of what was going on within Gotham to sort of set off this plan, mm -hmm. I think they would they would see that everyone was being gathered into these four buildings or something. So maybe that maybe yeah. maybe that wasn't initially initially the plan. You know, maybe that wasn't like initially the maybe. Uh, the the plan of the government official um but, but maybe you know as things progressed and he caught wind of what was going on in gotham he was like okay perfect i'll just blow up those four buildings and there's all the innocence and you know right and we'll be done okay you know just a thought just Perhaps. a thought um let's see here uh so i i'm thinking you know maybe the government official is responsible for the bomb and 
in particular, what really made me think this is it seemed like he waited until the the main cast was out of the building. It was very convenient. Uh, which, you know, a government official doing some sort of plan like this, they might have a reason to make are sure we, that... Are we saying a government official or a government official? A government official. Okay. I was just checking. Yeah. There were quotes. <laughs> there were quotes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so so maybe he was waiting for those characters to get out of the buildings before he, he set off the bomb mm-hmm. uh, just to sort of sort of save them for something else down the line, or maybe he needs them to accomplish some sort of goal. Like, or maybe it's just convenient for the other nine episodes of the season (laughs) and the Batman mythos. Yeah. uh, But I, I, it was a very uh, strategic, uh, strategic uh, bombing though, because not only did the people die, but all of their weapons were in there, all of their medicine, all of their food supplies. I don't think their medicine, they had the the hospital. Yeah. That was where the hospital was. No. No, because remember Selena came wandering down? Selena was on the roof. I fi- I don't think so. I think it's a different building. Because mm-hmm. they were in that before they discovered this Haven building. Yeah. So I don't think this is exactly where there may be some. Mm-hmm. Because there, I'm sure there's like a tiny little infirmary with the crazy nurse going, it's the yeah. witch, um, <laughs> to everybody who walks by. But I don't think this isn't the hospital well, because mm-hmm. yeah. um, in the past two episodes, Bruce had went between the GCPD and like and mm-hmm. the hospital and it, it, it took time and like things. I, I just don't think it's that same building. Well, I think this maybe speaks to a larger issue with uh, the season thus far in that there are some kind of janky edits here and there. <laughs> okay, yes. Uh that that leave things very confusing. Like I know that uh in the scene with uh Selena and the the Jerome cult and everything mm-hmm. when when they do like the the shooting I, of the guns. Um Oh, you have something yeah. on that? Well, I was just going to say it, no, I was just going to say it was we were a little confused about it. I'm sure you'll talk a little bit about that more, yeah. but you know, it it feels like and I think we might have addressed this last week or the week before too that maybe because of that slightly increased episode order they got, you know, it kind of too. Uh it they <laughs> film more content and then they had to cut some other content short and they sometimes things are left a little unclear. Uh so, so maybe if there's some confusion about where the hospital was or where the green zone is or stuff like that, maybe that might have a little bit of maybe they to do just with need it. to give us a map. Yeah, but can uh, I get a map, Gotham? <laughs> hey, Gotham TV writers, I need a map. Thank you. A map of Gotham. Welcome to Math of Goth- Map of Gotham, <laughs> where we visit MapQuest and look at Gotham. I'm Bill Meeks. In the world is. Uh, but you know, either way, there were a lot of supplies and there are a lot of important stuff, including people in that building. And I think, uh, you know, it's possible that the radio guy might have been stoking their hopelessness and cynicism in response. Peter Price in the chat says, Anne Marie is right. You're my new favorite person. Um, the green one is, or the green zone, is multiple blocks as seen on the map in the first episode. There is a map of Gotham. I know, but now I have to go back and like screenshot it. If we were still doing the live streaming where I could like pull stuff up on the fly really easily and everything, then uh, we could switch to that right now. But we we don't. So we, we don't. Okay. Well, I'm just saying I'm right. <laughs> Thank Any, you. Anything else interesting from the chat room before we continue on? Anne Marie. Anne Marie is right. Anne Marie is right. Anne Marie. Everyone's saying uh, Anne Marie's right. <laughs> oh no, that's just all that I'm noticing. Um, there are too many of the Batman Rogue. I'm, that was when we were talking about the. Everybody being out. Yeah. Bobby's having trouble with the feed. Somebody help Bobby with the feed. Tell him to, <laughs> tell him to refresh. That's all I got. 
Uh, and then we're back to Soledad saying the official is Bane. Cool, cool. All right, so I assume... And Anne-Marie is right. I assume you have a point. <laughs> <laughs> probably, and I feel like we probably already talked about it a little because it's about the green zone. Okay. Green zone. I do not understand how the green zone is functioning or any of the territories at all because, okay, green zone GCPD, as of last week's episode, um, they were responsible for taking care of everybody who's stuck in their zone for three months now, mm-hmm. right? Three months. Yeah. Um, they only, as of the end, or the, I think it was the end of the episode, only had enough food for six weeks thanks to Wayne Enterprises <laughs> helicopter delivery, or the first episode. The he- thanks, young Master yeah, Wayne. Thank you, Master Wayne. Hey, we didn't see Alfred. Um, now that they've added the 27 children, as well as the refugees from all of the territories to Phil Haven and its 250 random apartments, how are they feeding all of these people? Uh-huh. Because even... Like they had over a hundred people already. I forget the exact number. Somebody, somebody tell me. You can see the different factions. Okay. Um, they already had about over a hundred people. They had to have at least doubled mm-hmm. with the way they're like, word got out and everybody just started showing up. I don't <laughs> imagine they're bringing groceries with them. No, no. They're probably not. coming there because they need groceries. Yeah. Um, so how are they feeding them? One theory. Mm-hmm. Um, did Mr. Penn and the Gertrude Cobblepoot Memorial Choir bring food from Penguin's inventory? I, w- I would be shocked if they didn't. I would be shocked because we love you, Mr. Penn. We're going to miss you. Rip Mr. Penn. Rip Mr. Penn. Want it, I'm, I'm going to pour one out for him right I'm into gonna my pour, throat. That's what I was going to say. I'm pouring into my throat. Oh, I also have an Oswald Cobblepot mug. Oh, you right do. There. I've got Oswald down here by my thing. <laughs> um... Okay, so that's that's the probable probable one. Mm-hmm. I had another thought. It's probably not true, but hey, we're gonna throw it out there because it's one of the only other people with food, Barbara. Hmm. Because she did help get all these people. Yeah, she does have all the supplies to- at the club. Correct. Now they don't have to worry about feeding people anymore. What? Oh. Oh, that's oh, very no! true. <clears throat> oh no, that's so true. And they, they can also eat the remains of the children that are left behind. <laughs> Stop with that. <laughs> okay, okay. Stop. We are not eating children. <laughs> no, no. They're charbroiled. Okay. So there's that. So we're just going to say that Mr. Penn and the choir brought stuff because mm-hmm. he had thousands of loaves yeah. of bread, which who is baking the bread? Bread does not last that long. Mm-hmm. Like, is this that like hardcore Ezekiel bread that you keep in the freezer? Well, the classic Batman uh, rogues gallery villain, the baker. No, the I'm butcher, kidding. the baker, the candlestick maker. Actually, that totally sounds like it would be, doesn't it? <laughs> be a bat- like a trio, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. Um. No, but uh, to go back to what I've been talking about the past couple oh, weeks about okay. the the parallels between uh, this season of Gotham and the the Walking Dead. Uh-huh. Um, you know, on the Walking Dead, uh, they they start. You know, they start running out of food, but there's always some little convenience store, some little bodega or someone's house or someone's apartment that has like four cans of spam and a cupboard. And that's what they live on for the next three days, you know? So I'm sure, you know, that the GCPD seems well staffed enough that they would have people going out on supply runs like that. But but after three months, they've probably got all the supplies from the green zone area. Um, Dante in the chat says, I love the whole concept of bringing no man's land into Gotham. You can see different factions. factions. Yeah. I was like, there's a new comment notification. <laughs> I already read Soledad's about not having to feed people, which is, you know, convenient, but pretty sad all at the same time. <laughs> um, 
girl, Facebook hates me tonight. That's fair. Um, I know Peter said something about last week. They said there was 200. Oh, yeah. Penguin had over 200 pounds of flour and bread in the beginning of the episode. Thank you for helping me on the technicalities. Yeah, um, that's he also why- said that there was over t- there was 200 people mm-hmm. last week, and then they've doubled because of everybody coming in from the factions. See, this is why I love doing the live streams because yes, you people know people can call us on our stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, our chat room, our comments are always way smarter than we could ever be because you know it it's, it's the wisdom of the crowds. It is. It is. Um, okay, so I did have one more thing. Side note. <clears throat> is anyone taking care of the children? Which I guess doesn't matter now. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, the ch- the children have been taken care of. <laughs> okay, but They're let's gone. go with this. Um, I mean, I mean, I know it's not. Never mind. Never no. Mind. <laughs> okay, well, I'm still gonna read my point because I'm still not completely. I don't think everybody's dead. Mm-hmm. Probably, but not everybody. Uh, with the exception of Pineapple Boy, because I'm calling him Pineapple Boy because I don't remember what his name was. We <laughs> ha- um, haven't seen any further interaction with all these children that were so important to save. I know that they were on their own for three months, but that doesn't mean they sh- shouldn't be cared for, especially because last time they became slaves. I, I, somebody tend to the children. I, I know I wrote in my notes, never let Jim deputize somebody ever again. No! I also loved how uh, how the, the kid when he he deputized him and He's gave like, him his badge. I'm allergic to and he pineapple. he was like, "Awesome, thanks." Your last grip was re- gift Gif- was really crappy. Uh, now I have something that I can actually use or appreciate. You know, so do I. The GCPD badge that it's we mine. have here. Yeah. Well, I was going to hold it up to the camera because I have longer arms. There you go. Oh yeah, that was so good. <laughs> but yeah, so, good yeah. stuff. Um, anything else going on in the chat? Um, welcome, Jordan. You seem to have joined us. Oh, and okay. Bobby is having issues. His, his screen is black, but he can at least hear us. Well, you know what? It sounds like Bobby, Bobby. is in the dark zone, which is oh. my point I want to talk about. Good segue there. I'm getting my segue piece back. <laughs> okay. So I want to talk a little bit about this dark zone that Bruce and Selena go visit. Uh, I, I love the inclusion of this and all the downright bonkers people inhabiting it. <sighs> Uh, now I, I do have to point out cause I am the, the resident Batman scholar on this podcast. I know none of the things, uh, that the mutants that they run into, uh, in fight and Selena yes. claws, the guy's face and everything. If you've never read it, uh, I, these characters or this ki- type of character, this des- character design, uh, is from the dark Knight returns, which is a, a comic book by Frank Miller, a very storied comic book in which, you know, Batman's been retired for 20 years and he has to come back. And these mutants are kind of like, you know, they, they're hiding in the shadows and in the corners and they're causing all sorts of havoc in Gotham, much like they are here. But I really loved the designs. I, I, I always thought, you know, if they ever did a Dark Knight Returns movie that they wouldn't be able to do the mutants justice because they have those weird visors and everything. But whoever worked on the costumes for these did a great job. It looked just like the comic and it also didn't look too hokey. No, well, they never got really close. Yeah, they didn't get really they, close, except the one a, guy, except the one yeah, guy. Yeah, and by then he yeah. was clawed to pieces. Yeah, but it- Slice it, and dice, the mutant litter was straight out- Leader, leader was straight out of the comic. Oh yeah, the mutant leader was definitely straight out Same of the comic. And I think I remember seeing some some set photos uh, of oh, that really? over, over the summer or the fall or whenever they were mm-hmm. shooting too. And I was like, oh, I can't believe they're actually going to do it. And it was so cool to see it in live action finally after all these years. Uh, but, you, you know, it kind of got me thinking, though, uh, this whole group of like manic, crazy, bomb blowing up, cutting up people's abdomen people, you know, have, who we haven't seen this season? 
We haven't seen Victor Zaz. And all that says. Uh, now, those scars we saw on that guy's abdomen uh, in Haven um, reminded me a lot of the sorts of thing, sort of thing that Victor's comic book counterpart would do. You know, he's very much about mutilation and like these gruesome, gruesome murders and everything. Uh, in Gotham, he just shoots them up. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, and I, it feels like the comic book version of the character would fit in very well with that group of mutants and, mm-hmm. you know, people that Bruce and Selena ran into it. I, and as you were mentioning, uh, one of the complaints I've always had about the Zaz character is he's sort of like a Mr. Pink from Reservoir Dogs, like very professional killer mm-hmm. uh, guy in Gotham. I love Victor. Don't get me wrong. Comes back next episode. Awesome. Great. I can't wait. Jeremiah is just like the personality of Joker in Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> But, you know, so so he's always been this Mr. Pink thing where in the comics, he's really more of like a Hannibal Lecter type, you know, this really kind of sadistic, you know, violent person. But I like what we have. Uh, so <laughs> so I think if we do see him soon, I he might just be in that dark zone with all the psychopaths and that he'll get to play like a fully revealed comic book Zaz complete with the tick marks all over his body for each of his victims. He did do that in season one. OK, I was like, I remember because that's I'm like the only reason I know about that is because yeah. he did it in season one. And then I'm pretty sure that was uh, the confrontation with it, uh, Montoya and Allen. Yeah, might have been the last time Allen. we saw them. It was one of the last times we saw them. Yeah. Man, I miss Montoya and Alan. <laughs> okay, so I think you've covered what's going on in the chat room, right? Uh, yeah, I've been keeping that one going. Pretty caught up? Uh, I think so. Awesome. All right. Echo! 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 This echo. is going to be like a hodgepodge because that's how my notes are. All right. Um, what Jerome slash Jeremiah has been to the Joker, Echo is to Harley Quinn. Oh, definitely. Like, whether she is or isn't or prototype mm-hmm. i have she said, i have thoughts she said puddin she said puddin she said puddin it didn't feel right yeah <laughs> it, i didn't like that puddin that mm-hmm. was a yucky flavor just as bad as cats you did I not hate. like selena's hiss it was terrible yeah. it was terrible okay i liked it Oh, you would. <laughs> okay, so today her character took uh, an amazing step. No, a step, but not necessarily a full leap to becoming the Harley we know and love. I hate whatever. Complete with the black, white, and red outfit, the pigtails, and the weird, off-balance, nasty makeup. Because <laughs> um, uh, on the second um, watch, you could tell that it was like the top of one side, the bottom of the yeah. other, the black on the top, the black on the bottom. It was... Yeah, it was. Still- I enjoyed that aspect. For a proto Harley, it was definitely sort of geared more towards like the Suicide Squad version of Harley Quinn for sure, which I think is kind of the the model they're going with now. Going, but that's forward. what people know. Yeah. So that's what you. Plus, do. Margot Robbie has like three Harley Quinn movies coming out in the next five years. So and I loved her so much. She was so good. No doubts. Okay, so um, she does everything. For Jeremiah's Pilgrims, would love to see how that all started. BT dubs. I'm sure we'll get some background on it. Uh, but I'm far more interested on how Echo came to work for Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Um, so she worked for him before he went crazy. Or was he always crazy? That's still a little fuzzy to me. I know that the crazy just made him go super crazy. Well, I think she was she was there to be it- sort of his protector in the bunker. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. But... Right, but how? How he was in a bunker? How did yeah. he find her? Mm-hmm. Was she always crazy, mm-hmm. or did she become crazy when he became crazy, and all of that shenanigans? I, I get the feeling that um, 
that, you know, she wasn't crazy, but she was very devoted to Jeremiah. And so very Harley like. Yeah. And when he first went crazy, uh, she was still sort of like, you know, supportive of him and doing what he asked of her. And then, you know, something went down with this whole, you know, gun situation where she talks about where she tried it. Boom. And, uh, Ah, you know, I think that probably maybe pushed her over the edge because she was sort of like a a strong, silent type last season, wasn't she? She was a completely different person. Yeah. She was a completely, completely different. The actress did a great job. The actress did an amazing job. Great Um, job. I mean, though, even... In the first episode, when we saw her briefly, mm-hmm. she didn't look this crazy. Yeah. And in like story timeline, that was like four days ago. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Um, let's see. Did she get hit by the special batch of Scarecrow's toxin too? Or did Jeremiah have something special cooked up for her? Because mm-hmm. I could see that maybe even being it. But does... It, well, I guess we don't we don't know much about what his status is. We don't know if he we has know none of the things. We know none of the things. Okay, um, no. See, okay, this is along the lines of how did they sort of come to work together? Was she ever a therapist the way that Harley is supposed to be, or is this another character like Babs that Gotham is just going to go? We're going to do something different with that person. <laughs> um, I kind of think. Oh, here's what I think in all caps. I forgot that I wrote that. Will something happen to her before the end of the season and he will be forced to turn to the actual turn the actual Harley crazy after he has reached full Joker status the way the the story naturally goes when he's in Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum. Yeah. I keep forgetting to grab it's over on the counter. Um, <laughs> but I think something is going to happen to Echo mm-hmm. Proto Harley tragic death he's going to be extremely affected and then maybe that'll be the time he gets caught mm-hmm. and sent to arkham and then he has the harley per- the actual um dr quinzel coming in haha see i remember things yeah um, <laughs> i'm proud when i remember the actual things okay and um he starts to manipulate her because he sort of learned from how to do it with echo let me counter oh yes please what if, uh, you know, at the end of this season, we know they're doing a flash forward at the end of this season, but yeah, before the flash be forward, Echo and Jeremiah are captured and Dr. Harley Quinzel treats them. <gasps> and that's where she gets the, she gets the idea for Harley. Ooh. Maybe, maybe Echo is the inspiration for Harley Quinn. And maybe she kills Echo. That would be cool. That would actually be a great way. Yeah. And like, just sort of adopt. <laughs> Hey now, <laughs> um, she's maybe treating both of them for their like psychoness, mm-hmm. and then takes what she sees in Echo. Yeah, <clears throat> knocks her off and does it better. And that would be cool too because I think I think uh, you know some people have complaints that the character of Harley Quinn feels kind of like a doormat, doesn't have agency because of how she's so infatuated with the Joker or whatever. That gives her more power in this situation. It gives her more power. She's still completely she's, infatuated she's and that's like, why she I does see, it. I see this screwed up situation and I want to take part and I'm going to take your place. I want in on that. Yeah. She's like, I... Yeah. I want it on that game. Which, I mean, to, to be fair, the original story has that to a degree. But I, th- I, th- I think, you know, that would be give her a more fluid way in that people wouldn't complain about as much. Although I, I, t- I tend to think 
that she is a very interesting character for that because you don't see a lot of characters like that, right. uh, you know, that are self-destructive because of their obsession with love and all that stuff. And it, it's kind of an interesting dynamic. I mean, but now she's part Ed. of a DC superhero girl. So she's a superhero. We're not going <laughs> to go there. Let's not talk DC superhero girls. I, I, no, mini no. rant. I no. hate how they turn all of Batman's really awesome, powerful, strong female villains into superheroes. And moving right along. I like the I, I like seeing those as super villains. Anim- Hold on. Actually, this rendition is great because in the this animated series, Price. Harley Quinn came out of nowhere and her story came later, just like here. How did this happen? Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is my eternal question yeah. is how did that happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. How did it happen? Okay. I- I, I know that uh, Cameron Mongahan was uh, tweeting out some pictures from next episode with the, those two characters, and he, he captioned with a bunch what, of two the, characters, Echo and Jeremiah, okay. and was captioning them like Mad Love. I think I retweeted one of them out from our Legends of Gotham Twitter <laughs> account and stuff. But good stuff. Good stuff. Gotcha. Um, Julia, we're not on YouTube this week, but the episode will be up. In about two hours. Yeah, after we get done here, I'll, <laughs> I'll edit it and upload it, and it'll be up in just a little we bit. We decided to stream live on Facebook this week because the people wanted us to. Yeah, yeah, the people spoke, and we listened. So here we are. Yeah. All right, so, so what's up next? About done with uh, with Echo. I'm done with Echo. 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 Now it's time to light the night. Yeah, I'm going to let you do that. Light the night. Let the night. Suddenly we are at an 80s hairband concert, everyone. I'm so sorry. In our new reoccurring for the next, uh, what, nine, nine episodes now, uh, we shine a light, a spotlight on the pivotal steps on Bruce's path to the bat. Anne-Marie, uh, what are we shining a light on tonight? This week, Bill, we are shining the light on grappling hook. Grappling and- hook. <laughs> yeah, because Bruce used the grappling hook in that fight. To stop, Cat. And he might have used that before, but I still think But it, it was the way he used yeah. it. Yeah. He's like, no, enough. He wasn't using it just to scale a building. No, he was yeah. using this like it was a defense mechanism. Exactly. And Bruce's blase attitude towards the Joker. He's like, you know what? We don't need to do this now. Yeah, uh, which it, is like completely insane. In the conversation between him and Selena, I, I I thought it really stuck out to me because the the thing about the Batman Joker dynamic is Batman's like I got to get the Joker, but he does so many things that kind of let the Joker just slip away <laughs> and slide past. Batman, like, Batman. Or like you know the Joker like runs around a corner. He's like, oh well, guess he got away. I uh, guess we'll have He's to over wait. Over there, he crossed the street. Guess we'll have to wait until next issue. And uh, <laughs> you kind of see that with Bruce here where he's like, yeah, I know Jeremiah's here, but, you know, it would be really hard to track him down. So why don't we just I not? mean, I know his pictures right there and there's these candles, these mean, like church candles that have his face on it. And he's like, oh. I mean, it's not like we could just go ask somebody and then Selena makes him go ask somebody and they find out right away. <laughs> and they're taken that right was, into his den. Yeah. <laughs> was like, that was a little like, did they draw them a map? Did they get a map? I want a yeah. map. Yeah, but uh, Batman's uh, blase attitude towards the Joker, definitely a moment where they lit the knit or <laughs> lighted the nighted um, something. This is how we light the night. Light the night. <laughs> All right. Uh, and a reminder, guys, uh, you know, if you can't watch this live, you can always go check out the video where we wave our arms around and do all sorts of crazy stuff at wow. youtube.universebox.com. We have a little... Uh, I won't call it an ad. I'll call no. it I'll call it a recommendation of another project we've been working on for the past little bit. What's that? Uh, so the dad would like to ch- join the Church of Jeremiah, and now I'm concerned for it's you. It's really hard to get in. It's, yeah. 
You ready? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we just want to tell you about another little project we're working on, and a lot of the listeners of this podcast have, have helped us out with us. Uh, so we'll play that, and then we'll be right back. In this crazy, mixed-up world, you need fake news you can depend on. Fake When news is breaking, it's probably the fakest. <laughs> it's probably the fakest that's breaking it. That's me. I'm Paul Defoe. We've got a commercial, Paul. Breaking the fake news for real. From KCOM Studios in somewhere west of New York City, this is The Fakest. Only one podcast is on it. On the scene, making it up, breaking the fake news for real. With more reporters covering more fake stories. Coming June 18th to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and Voice Facts. I can also email you the transcript if you want. Check us out at thefakest.com and subscribe in Apple Podcasts for a new thrilling episode every two weeks. Pretty timely. The Fakest. We fake it when we make it. And that is the fakest. It's a, it's not really political. Don't worry. It's a, it's not a political thing. It's basically sketch comedy with the plot. It's, you know, three sketch comedy stories, news stories every week, kind of strung together with the story of this news station. That's as devoted to fake news as a good journalist is devoted to the truth. Uh, but, and again, for the people in the back, it's not political. (laughs) It is not political. Don't worry. Things might offend you, but not in that way. (laughs) (laughs) Things will offend you, but not in that way. It it is an explicit podcast, uh, but uh, a lot of our friends are are parts of it. Like Rebecca Johnson from Supergirl Radio. She plays uh, basically this secondary lead, I'd I'd say. Mm -hmm. Bobby Hawk, who's in the chat room right now, plays a a great character, Birdman Stan. Plus, he fills in every little bit. Birdman Stan! Peter Price does about a billion voices in yes. it. Uh, yes, he you know, he's he's like he he's my fill-in guy. He's your fill-in guy. I'm your fill-in girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> girl, I forgot exactly. to film this character. I'll be her. But go check that out over at thefakest.com. I also will say that uh if you listen to it and you like it, email me. I might have some open calls for content coming up for that in the next couple of weeks. So if you're Ooh. interested, let me know. Uh, also, if you do voiceover work, let me know too. I can always use more actors. Okay. <laughs> and now back to Gotham. Back to the show. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay. So uh, the truth about bats and cats I want to talk about. Okay. So Selena really breaks off on her own path in this episode. And that path is definitely leading her away from Bruce. Uh, in a kind of, pointed out to me or really exposed to me the difference between these two characters and uh, how we're seeing them evolve into the characters we know from the Batman comics. Now, while Bruce fights because he feels he must in order to defend the innocent and avenge his parents' death and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. Cat fights because she likes it. Uh, She does. Yeah. yeah. She, she could have left that with her nails. Yeah. Which, where do they come from? Who knows? Miracle. Uh, but she could have totally left that mutant guy be, but she was really getting into ripping his face off. Like, yeah, it was a little really, scary, yeah. actually. But, you know, I, I started to think, what is causing uh, Selena to to act like this? It would be the seed. Uh, the seed, exactly. Uh <laughs> I'm uh, like that. That's not an actual question. That's that's just it's the seed. But but kind of, the seed only uh, brings to light things that already exist within you. So what is that thing that exists within her? Because this isn't the character we've seen for the past few years necessarily. Well, I mean, it's always like she suppressed <clears throat> it because she's a street kid, and you know. 
Well, I, I think in a, a lot of the, the flashes and the dreams of her yeah. flashing back to the Jeremiah thing, I, I think that that is what is causing this because, oh, okay. you know, we, we see all these flashbacks to when she got shot by Jeremiah. And for the first time, we saw this character feel really helpless. And so, you know, in response, she doesn't want to ever be helpless again. Mm-hmm. So she's taking the fight to Jeremiah. Right. She's. Tearing She's through being proactive. Things. She's not going to let let that mutant get back up, get, you know, like Tabby taught her, you know, to double tap to make sure they're down. Yeah. Uh, she's like, I'm just going to make sure this guy is decimated and, yeah. you know, bleeding out on the ground. Uh, you know, so she it's kind of a situation where the bullied becomes the bully, you know, so, yeah. so to say, you know, she got done wrong. So she's going to make sure that she never gets done wrong again by making sure she does everybody else wrong. Okay. Kind of thing. Uh but while Bruce's motivations are selfless, uh, Selena's are completely selfish. She's trying to protect herself, yeah. uh, which is where they divide. Where they divide, and you know that'll come in later, later down the line when they both sh- suit up. Suit up. I, I also love. It really kind of stuck out to me in this episode how powerful this rich backstory they've built for both characters over the course of this series has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because. In the comics and in the show and in the movies, it's more about Batman and Catman. No, about oh. ba- Batman and Catman. Batman, Batman and, and Cat- Catwoman. Catman's a whole different character. It's a whole different thing. Uh, I, it actually, is a character. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they run into each other. They get all flirty. And Batman ends, ends up, you know, letting her get away with more than he should because he wants to make out with her or whatever. Right. Where with this one, there's a lot of history and emotions. And they've been through so much. And, you know. He's going to have a hard time with that later on. She was there when his parents were killed, you know. Uh, Truth. It's a, you know, there, there's this bigger history there. I, and in a lot of ways, they're as much family as anything. So they, so anything that Batman kind of lets her get away with comes from more of a place of caring about her as a person versus caring about her as a romantic interest. Um, in the chat, Peter says, I think the falling out the window by Bruce's clone, then being licked, ah, please. Licked by cats. Licked by cats. Mm-hmm. Licked by cats. Hold on. I licked by a hundred cats. Um, she has some kind of cat-like instinct now that she can't control. Mm-hmm. Um, then Bobby Which says, would be the Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. Bobby says, I agree with Bill that Jeremiah is the main reason for her attitude, but Amory is right as well. Ha ha! The second <laughs> time tonight. Um, Selena has always had a bit of this too, especially in season one. Exactly. I actually think she sort of mellowed the more uh-huh. she got to know Bruce yeah. because she developed a relationship which she didn't want to have a relationship, but she did. Well, she's always been sort of sort of like that tough street kid sort of character yeah. for sure, uh, but I don't think we've ever seen her be downright malicious like this before she's been she's defended herself yeah she's you know, never she's really taken, been malicious. she's taken out the bad guys with bruce she's uh i think she said in this episode we've been doing things your way she's been helping bruce fulfill his mission right and now she's going off and doing her own thing now she, this is her mission now she's vindictive mm-hmm. um but I, I like I said, I I just love that they've added this rich backstory. I in fact I'd say out of everything that Gotham's added to the Batman mythos, this is the aspect of the story I hope comes into the comic books or some other version. You, you know, I some hope other this version is, of Batman. I hope this is the interpretation that sticks around in 20, 30, 50 years. Just because I think it, it makes the whole dynamic so much stronger and it, it it just makes me love it a lot more. 
you know, it, it's neat. It, it's a lot more. <laughs> it's dr- neat. It's a lot more dramatic. Nice. Okay. Okay. So moving to mine, there was a lot of not thinking things through in this episode. There was mm-hmm. a lot of not thinking things through. <laughs> oh, we didn't think this, we didn't think that through, boss. So step one: the street demons attacking Penguin's mansion. They literally say they did not think it through. Come on, y'all. I mean, I get it. Your dudes are dead and the sign says Penguin was here. First of all, do you really? Like, who does that? They're not a 12-year-old boy. First example, completely on the line. Huh? Versus being off the line. Ah, yeah. 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 Okay, second example. The Bat-Cat adventure through the dark zone. Following Cat's instincts is scary, though I still don't understand what happened. Oh, okay. Apparently that bloop bloop. Um, the gun thing that you started to talk about 45 minutes ago or something. Yeah. Okay. What happened there? Can somebody just tell us like, why was she calling out curls? Because, okay. So Selena had her hand, his hand uh-huh. was less obvious on the back of her head. Her, her left did, hand for the audio or right hand for right the audio hand. listeners. Did she, um, did she catch the bullet that was shot into her head? Did she not shoot her gun? Actually, but she was. I don't actually know which hand was which. I'd have to go back. But like, because the guy in front of her and the guy behind her, or girl, I don't remember the gen- genders of everyone. It was a <laughs> mixture. Um, neither of them died. Mm-hmm. Neither of them fell. So, and it just, obviously, Echo wasn't cool with three of them being alive in a row. Yeah. Um, either Selena didn't shoot, or she cut the bullet to her own head. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, I, I and don't, I don't, I don't understand. I, I mean, she, I, I don't think she's like super powered now. Um, well, but I mean, she could have, I mean, like blocked with the claws or something. Yeah. I, I can see that. Like after we watched it through the second time, my interpretation of it was everyone put the bullet in she their put gun. Her between the, oh, she put her finger between the hammer and the firing pin. Oh, uh, Bobby in the chat room says nope, that. That was not or, Bobby. Oh, sorry. Who, I, I'm not sure. That who was, it was Peter. Peter in the chat room said that she put her finger between the hammer and the firing pin on the gun, which makes me and Amory don't we don't gun. uh, So we don't know much about we know none of the guns. But my interpretation of of the scene after we watched through the second time was, you know, when Selena picked up the bullet, she put it in the chamber of the gun, closed it and then she spun it around kind of like you do in Russian roulette. If you roulette roulette, if you've ever played that and uh, (laughs) (laughs) you've Well, I mean, some have, some haven't. Uh, I, I have, you haven't, you know. Uh, no, I haven't. No. Um, but, you know, so I kind of got the impression that everyone did that, picked up their one bullet, put it in their gun, spun it around, and it was luck of the draw, and the people who survived got to go into Jeremiah's sort of, like, inner circle right. of gang members or something. Like, because they proved, they didn't they die. They showed a sign of, they showed faith. Yeah, they, they showed faith, like Echo says later in the yeah. episode. That was, a, a, I earlier, mean, if there are any other, uh, yeah, uh, leave a comment at, uh, down there if, if if you have any other interpretation. My voice is going. He's going. He's going. Maybe we should speed through a little. <laughs> okay. And um, Penguin, um, in pretty much every scene Penguin was in, he mm-hmm. didn't really think anything through. No. But he never... He used to think things exceptionally through, like mm-hmm. you've said, like 12th dimensional chess. Yeah. But now he goes on emotion. Mm-hmm. He does everything on emotion. And that's how he keeps getting in trouble. 
Like he beat up the street demon guy. Then he strung him up on the wall and then he realized he needed him. So he pulled him down and made him go to Haven with him. Like <laughs> he really thought that was going to go okay. Mm-hmm. Then sending the GCP, no, the gang members against the GCPD gunfire so that they'd use up their um, bullets. Cool. Except was he really surprised when their other gang members turned on him? <laughs> you lit, He's like, you. one of my guys went down in that stunt. And mm-hmm. he's like, I don't know. And then making fun of Jim in the cage only to end up in the cage like five minutes later. Well, you know, that's great. That was kind of fun. And I'll build on that with my next point here. And that's why it was placed and, there. Yeah. And I, I think the key here is hubris uh in this episode in particular penguins hubris uh when you're at the top of the food chain like he has been for the past season and a half two seasons yeah it's really easy to get sort of an an inflated sense of oneself Mm -hmm. and kind of think that you're untouchable and uh i i think (laughs) that that can also lead to pride Mm -hmm. and I, i think that's what we saw here because you know he has all the cards in Gotham right now. He has all the bullets. He got most of those supplies from the helicopter. Or no, he didn't actually. No. Uh, but, you know, he, he has a lot of power in the situation. And he let it go to his head. And he kind of maybe took it a little too far, forcing people in his servitude, not just to be there to help him out and make sure he stays on top. But no, you have to sing a song to me while I'm walking downstairs. No, in my on night all time. And then follow him. Yeah. And then follow me. It was fantastic. Yeah, and I would like a six-person choir to follow me around. I am taking applications. And then his his most beloved Mister Penn, he start he he doesn't treat him. I, he's never treated him like particularly kindly, but he's always treated him with respect. And like this guy knows my books. This guy knows what's going he's the on. The only guy who knows the books. Yeah, he's my right hand man. And in this episode, you see he's just like tearing him down uh, because of the- anybody in or out. It's Penn's head. Yeah, exactly. That's right, Edward. And then he mocks him. (laughs) But, you know, and this is a situation like uh, you mentioned, you know, we've seen. Oh, go ahead. So, ah. So, Oladad said that back in season one, Maroney told Penguin his problem was hubris. Exactly. It's almost like someone remembered that. Um, (laughs) Well, you didn't say it. You didn't make that direct link. He did. It's almost like somebody got my reference. Thank you, Soledad. I never do. Um, But uh, no, but I in much like we saw in the season where him and Ed were really tight too. you know, it's a situation where uh, which my the complaint there was that he was so upset. I, I think Penguin's real problem. (laughs) is that I've dropped the pages. I'm just going off the cuff here. Uh, His real problem is that he feel he needs to be loved, but he also needs power. And those, those two things are at conflict because the more he pursues love or the more he tries to, to kind of, you know, force love into his life, uh, you know, the more it gets taken away from him and he loses power because he gets distracted. And I think that's like you were saying, you know, that's why we don't see 12th dimensional chess penguin as much anymore or or why there are times when it sort of lapses like that just because, you know, he he gets distracted. And I think we're going to get to a point with penguin as a character towards the end of the season where he just realizes I'm not a lovable guy. <laughs> I, I, I am I'm a jerk. I am never going to have love in my life. And I have to be okay with that because at the end of the day, love's not going to save me when the gain rolls in trying to take all my bullets. What is going to save me is power. 
and people being afraid of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think, you know, we're going to see him go back and forth on that a little bit because, you know, at the end of this episode, again, he gets this outpouring of love from everybody for saving them. And uh, so penguin, I, penguin, but I, penguin. I, I definitely think he's going to struggle with that. And uh, he's, well, he seemed like scared. Yeah. He's like, they're, they're chanting for me. They're chanting for me. Yeah, but I, I, I think, uh, you know, we're going to see him struggle with that and we're going to see him come to terms with the fact that he's only functional as a power hungry madman psychopathic murderer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is the best, which is the best you can hope for Penguin. Seriously. Definitely. Uh, so to uh, speaking of psychopathic murderers, uh, you want to talk about Babs, right? Yes, I did. OK. Oh, good old Pengy Pants. I know, Pengy Pants. Okay, so continuing on last week's point, and this is a really short, kind of fluffy uh, point, so forewarned. Um, I'm still convinced there's something going on with Barbara. First of all, she gave Harvey crap when he walked in about no men after midnight. There was literally no one else there. Like, get over yourself. Um, (laughs) And, like, when she says to him, ever wonder what your life would have been like if you never met Jim Gordon? I feel like that's something she's been contemplating Mm -hmm. in a different way. Than the way yeah. she's saying, she says it as a dig to Harvey because she just talks about how um, he's carrying his laundry now, which he might have because they were, you know, roommates for a while, I think. Um, and while well, everybody's a roommate now because they live in Haven, oh no, they don't. I don't know anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> like all the points were as if that last episode or last scene didn't happen. Um, but I am one hundred percent convinced that she misses Jim in some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. and she wants him back. And I'm kind of here for it. I'm kind of want to see: does she stop being crazy? Mm-hmm. Does she just tone down the crazy? Does he embrace the crazy? Like I yeah. want to see something has to happen there for my little rom com heart to be happy. See, I think it would kind of be interesting if. She's she's gunning to become Jim's new Harvey, but not become his old Barbara. Oh, you know? like what if she just she wants that position of power? Okay, well she is. Ba- I mean, yeah. Okay, why did he even send Harvey to Barbara? It felt like just a way to get her into the scene. Yeah, they could have used Harvey. Well, it, it did help kind of amp up the drama there. Well, of course it amped there, Well, it was kind of like a, a bait and switch because you're like, oh, no, is is Barbara going to shoot Penguin? Or Penguin? Is it, she going to shoot Jim? And then, oh, no, never mind. Everyone else is dead. Everybody else is dead. So we're just going to stop now. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, like I said, my very short and mildly fluffy point. Nice. Shall we quibble in bit? We shall quibble. I actually had more quibbles and bits here, but I think they got deleted somehow. They were never there when I, I saw I, them. I, I might have deleted Way them. Way to be. Okay, so I have one quibble in bit. <laughs> I just wanted to point out that Echo's mask in this episode is an homage to the mask worn by the Joker's girlfriend in Tim Burton's Batman movie. You remember when we watched nope. that? But uh, it's, at a certain point, Jack Nicholson's Joker throws acid in his girlfriend's face, and then she puts on this mask, and it, it's pretty much exactly the one that echo was wearing so i just thought i'd nice. throw that out there i'd have to look at that okay my quibbles a bit olga olga singing to mr penguin <laughs> and giving him the news update Gotta rumor is it dog went willingly <laughs> oh olga <laughs> thank you um and cat walking flipping whatever like a cat on the cars was a little much for me it, it's i mean weird she always like <laughs> is has always been cat-like. Yeah. 
But but you think they're taking it too far? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, with the uh, uh, oh, with the yeah. hiss and with the hiss, with the lime green eyes, with these somehow getting out of a hospital bed and instantly being in leather with fancy claws. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Who your tailor girl? Who, who you talking <laughs> to? Like Barbara's not around. Um, the tailors though must be doing amazing, mm-hmm. and it just it. I get it. She's a cat. Move on. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you for coming to my TikTok. And uh, Nico in the chat room also says, I was so happy to see Olga Oh, back. there's a lot over, over yeah. here that's happened. Hold on. What do we get? Uh, Bobby, they needed Barbara for firepower. Yes, but... Uh, in a story it, sense, but I think Anne-Marie was more saying, why does this character need to be... It was uh, it was actually more annoying because it took Harvey out of the action when yeah. he'd have been a very valuable asset to the whole situation. But it did um, give us that really awesome scene between Penguin and Jim in the jail cell yes. where they had to get back to back to get that ship yeah, or whatever. That, that was actually kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, Soledad liked the hiss. Well, fine. I hope you're happy <laughs> being wrong. I like the hiss too. Oh, you're all wrong. Uh, happy to see Olga. How did we get there? Jim's and Harvey. Ah! Okay. I, anyway, I've lost. Thing, so we're just gonna move on. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so we're do- we're done with our main episode discussion. It's time for the arbitrary scale. I'm gonna throw out a random number, a random thing from the episode, <gasps> and we're gonna determine how much we like the episode based on this scale. So, and you guys can uh, leave a let co- us know in the chat. Please. Yeah, let us or know in comments. the chat. Yeah, I keep I keep it's calling it chat, chat it's but common. it's yeah. Anyway. Okay, so out of 984 cans of rancid pineapple, how many cans of rancid pineapple do you give the episode, Anne-Marie? I give the episode 903 cans of rancid apple. Why is that? It was good. <laughs> There's always room for improvement. I will never give a perfect score. Uh-huh. I think I've done that once Yeah. ever, and I think that's when we got introduced to like Jerome as Jokery. Yeah. Not Joker. The Jokery Joker. The Jokery Joker. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I, it it was good, but I I had lots of questions. (laughs) More Olga. All right. As for me, I think I'm going to give it 952 uh, cans of rancid pineapple. I almost said cans of rancid tuna. I'm thinking cats. Um, no, but it, it was really good. Um, I, I think there were there were a couple. I I spoke earlier about the lamp shading. I really felt what is like lamp shading. Li- uh, let me explain, and then you'll know. Uh, I'll give it give it to you in context. Okay. Um, with the little boy, where let oh, uh, pineapple boy, Mister Gordon, or whatever Bruce calls him, uh, the uh, Jim. Um, the boy broke his arm. You should go check him out. Oh, here's a sympathetic boy with a broken arm. And oh, Jim's connecting with them. And oh, he helps him get out of the cell. And oh, they connect with him more and he deputizes him. I knew from the second I saw that kid with the broken arm and he gave him the pineapple that the kid was going to be dead by the end of the episode. So did I. Yeah, there were just a couple <laughs> things like that. And again, the the scene, the the echo scene, I thought was a little confusing. I wasn't sure what happened. And I th- I think I don't think I was alone in that. No. So. Uh, Bobby gives the 947 cans of rancid pineapple. And Nico says 950. Why not? (laughs) Shrug. Why not? Why not? Why not? All right. uh, So uh, we've heard what the people from the chat room are are feeling about the episode. Uh, Why don't we go ahead and uh, 
listen to our listener feedback too. We always encourage you guys after you get done watching the episode on Thursday night. Oh wait, Peter oh, Price Peter, says nine hundred and forty six and one tuna boat house uh, door <laughs> fragments. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, but you know we always encourage you guys to write in or call in and let us know what you think. Uh, the The email is Legends of Gotham at gmail dot com. <laughs> I I am dipping here, folks. Right, so, we're gonna, but you guys are going to take over the show in a minute, so That's it's okay. Uh, you can always tweet us at Legends of Gotham. Uh, the Facebook is Facebook dot com slash Legends of Gotham. Which you're there right now if you're watching us live. Exactly, and you can always leave a voicemail at four two four two seven four two three five two. Again, that's four two four two seven four twenty three fifty two. Or you can just email us an MP three of your voice if you want. That works too. Uh, we're going to start off with Bobby. Take it away, Bobby. Robert. Hey, Bill, Amory, and fellow Gothamites, it's Bobby here. Um, I don't have a lot of time, so I'll try to just keep this as short as I can. Uh, I, this episode was like super uber violent. I was not <laughs> prepared for that. I <laughs> didn't realize I could do that on uh, network TV. It is Gotham. That's so Gotham. But, and primetime TV, but here we are. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I guess this this episode was Penguin, Our Hero. Um, or our hero penguin, whatever the episode's title was, but it ever since the beginning, you know, it seems like penguins whole motivation has been for people to not, um, make fun of him, you know, to stop picking on him and, and, uh, respect him. But, you know, there's a difference between respect and fear. And I think you realize that at the end of this episode, uh, you know, at the beginning of the episode, we have him like literally like forcing people to sing for him every morning <laughs> to show them that show him that they love him. But obviously they don't because they leave by the end of the episode. <laughs> and then, you know, like he, you know, does what he has to in helping Gordon but in doing so, he, you know, he seemed to like that. You know, he got a little smile there when everyone was cheering his name because rightfully so, he did come to the rescue. You know, I wonder how long that'll last. I'm sure it won't. I mean, that he is Penguin, but, uh, you know, it'll be fun <laughs> while it lasts. I mentioned a few weeks ago the mutants. I think it's fair to say that we actually got to see the mutants tonight. Um, I mean, those were ripped right out of the comic book. Uh, I think it's fair to say it almost goes to show you why things shouldn't necessarily be ripped right out of the comic book. A little cheesy, to be honest with you. I'm going to agree to disagree. Uh, speaking <laughs> of cheesy, I, I know she's not Harley. She's Echo. But come on. I mean, half and half saying pudding. Yeah. I mean, she's. And Jeremiah is not the Joker, according to. Uh, Neither friend was of, Jerome. Friend of the show, John Stevens. Jeremiah, <laughs> if Jeremiah. Jeremiah's not Joker, but yeah, he's Joker. <laughs> and this chick is Harley. Um, but I I and Gotham's always been about like the dark, twisted versions of, you know, our comic book counterparts. But like I really think they went a little too far with uh Echo. I really didn't care for the interpretation. I may be alone, but that's just how I feel. And then of course the end of this episode was like bonkers. Uh, out of nowhere, I did not. Expect, I, mean, I don't. I don't think anyone expected the buildings to just blow up. Behind them. <laughs> I, I wonder if, if uh, Barbara would have actually shot Gordon had those buildings not stopped her. Uh, you know, had not blown up and stopped her. That sh that <laughs> said, I'm sure there is a lot more that I could speak about, but I'll try to keep this as short as I can. So ratings out of 97 uh, uh, lashes on a poor man's chest. I'm going to give this. Um, 
78. Uh, you know, there's definitely room for improvement. Uh, you know, it was crazy. Like I said, I can't believe they got away with what they got away with on network television. Um, and where was Riddler and Lee? We still haven't heard anything <laughs> about make Riddler short, and Lee. But wait, one more minute. Really good point, though. And yeah. while his presence was greatly felt, we still, you know, have yet to see Jeremiah. So Jeremiah, hope Jeremiah. I got this in in time and can't wait to hear what you guys think. You absolutely did, Bobby. Just in the nick of time, in fact. Bobby is always in my head. Always in my head. Like, he always either mirrors some points, contrasts some points, or says something almost verbatim. Because last week in the chat room, Bobby complained that my arbitrary... uh, Scale was too small. Was too small. And I, I wrote, I, I, I came up on the spot with my arbitrary scale before the show tonight, I, during the show tonight, right now, actually. Uh, but no, it was actually, it was going to be 97 cans of rancid pineapple. And then I was like, oh no, Bobby said that number was too low. So I changed it to 984. And then he used 97. He used 97. Bobby, get out of my head. Next up is Rebecca. What's up, Legends of Gotham? What's up? Rebecca Johnson, and I wanted to share some thoughts about the Season 5 episode titled Penguin, Our Hero. I don't want to keep harping on this, but because this week's episode continued using the word refugee multiple times, here's a few synonyms for the word refugee. Displaced person, evacuee, exile, escapee, derelict, defector. Shoot, at this point, I'd take the two-on-the-nose usage of immigrant. I don't even fully understand why they're using the word refugee in this story because the word is defined as a person who flees to a foreign country or power to escape danger or persecution. They are fleeing to a different power. Yeah, because I guess... They're fleeing from being under... The um, gangs or penguin or... Well, like right now, Gotham's kind of split up into several different countries or Uh, areas. Territories. 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 So so. they're going to the green zone. So Mm -hmm. technically, they're right. However, they could spice it up a little. So you're... Maybe you're thinking of refugee in the macro term, where in Gotham right now, it's more the micro. That's all they've got. Yeah. And And you locked locked up your phone. There we go. Aren't these people just Gotham citizens who are trapped inside the city? How does that fit the definition? Why would they flee to Gotham to escape danger when Gotham is where the danger is? (laughs) I know what you're thinking. Rebecca, you're being way too sensitive about all of this. It's just a word. I hear you, and you'd probably be right. When it comes to TV and movie writing, words being repeated too much like that comes across as lazy to me. Go watch the Green Lantern movie and find out how many times they use the word fear. Or that season one episode of Glee that used the same word 60 times. Don't ask me which episode it was because I've blocked it from my memory. All I'm saying is, is mix it up a little. You're writers. Learn some new words. Mm. And in the future, I'll make more of an effort to expand my vocabulary, too. <laughs> Having said all of that, I am upset that Haven suffered an explosion. Truth. Despite my irritation with the repeated and overuse of the same word... I am concerned about those, uh, let's call them asylum seekers. They were just innocent people who wanted to get out of harm's way and live their lives. I even absolutely adored Jim making that little boy his deputy. The only monster on the show I think is capable of doing something like that is Jeremiah. We even saw someone in the dark zone with a bomb strapped to them. Bill and Anne-Marie, I'm curious, who do you all think is responsible for Haven's tragedy? I think I should also add that I really enjoyed Jeremiah, Jeremiah. I'm thinking the guy on the radio that's been talking to Jim. 
But you heard that earlier this episode. Shows take on Harley Quinn because that's totally who she was. She was out of her mind, violent, and even did some acrobatic tricks. All Harley traits that I would expect from the character. And seeing her fight Catwoman was a real treat for this comic book fan. Hope we get to look at that Joker next week. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts. We may have to do that. Look at this Joker. See, there you go, Rebecca. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Rebecca. Uh very uh, well-made point, I thought. Like, if nothing else, yeah, you change up the words a little bit. Like, I, I know that uh, one of the, when I'm writing a script or something like that, one of the last things I do is I give it a pass for word frequency. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, I, I notice I'm using a word unintentionally a bunch of different times, I'll go and I'll be, be like, you know, no, I won't call that a banana. I'll call that a yellow fruit stick. Uh, you know, things <laughs> like that. So... <laughs> Go get a yellow fruit stick. Okay, uh, next up we have uh, Donna Orr. Take it away, Don. Oh, that wasn't in the doc. Hi, Bill and Emery. It's Donna Orr. How are you? I'm glad to have you back. Um, I'm driving my car right now. I just wanted you to know I didn't call sooner because I thought that maybe you had a new number. So I waited until I could get the number off the podcast. And I put it in my phone and it said, greetings from Storybrooke. Came right up. So I had it my I had it all along. But anyway, um <laughs> I just dialed the phone. number and I got this thing that told me to state say your name. I'm driving, right? And it said say your name and we'll try to connect you. And I'm like, What? And it dropped my phone and then I think I said the F word and then it connected me. <laughs> so I thought, uh, here I am. And uh, I should be leaving a voicemail about um Legends of Gotham, that's what I intended to do. But instead I kinda left the voicemail about leaving a voicemail <laughs> right anyway um I'm, I'm gonna leave it there i'm gonna call you back bye. <laughs> thank you so much I love Don. oh uh, yeah it's a, it's so great to hear you again and uh for the record uh what she was talking about on the google voice account i think after we stopped doing the podcast and greetings from storybrook that uh uh-huh. some some of our former listeners were hosting wrapped up i checked something on there to where there'd have to be some more confirmation to get into the voicemail or whatever and i forgot to turn it off Uh, but i went and did that so you guys won't have to deal with that anymore and uh she called back to talk about the episode and i think it was not this past episode but the previous week's episode so take it away don It was definitely not our, our, our one true pairing of Gotham TV podcast, I'll tell you no, that. No, it was definitely not them. No, like at all. I, I, I'm I'm not a Batman purist at all. I'm more like Anne-Marie where I came in knowing very little. Mm-hmm. But I love like the 66 Batman, which is like the, the one that everybody doesn't take seriously. But it's the best Batman. Adam West is <laughs> the only Batman, if you ask me. Everybody else is pretending. But uh, <laughs> leaving that aside, I uh, miss you guys so much because I, I think I need somebody to not be hypercritical of every single thing. <laughs> Uh, in order to enjoy what's left of this show. But having said that, everything that Anne-Marie pointed out that was critical, that was hypercritical, is exactly what I thought. So I'm, I'm on the same right. page as you, Anne-Marie. Yay! Uh, <laughs> solidarity amongst 
women who don't know that much about Batman. Yay! Also, um, yeah, the, what do you say? The costumes are always fantastic, aren't they? Yes, everybody in Gotham looks beautiful all the time. Um, yeah, I don't really love this season, like, at all so far. But I'm on board to see, you know, how it ends. Um, I'm pulling for Harvey Bullock to be the hero because I said that day one. He's, he's the hero of the whole story. I just know it. He's got to be. Um, what's my other commentary? I think it's irrelevant by now anyway because I'm, I'm an episode behind you probably. Um, what's it? Yeah, it's Tuesday. Day late and a buck short. I don't even know when the show comes on. I watch the show after you guys podcast about it, usually. <laughs> so I'm always behind you. But I listen to the podcast while I'm at work. It uh, makes the time go by, and I love it. And I love watching TV with you guys, and I hope to continue to watch TV with you guys even after Gotham is over. Thank you for everything you do. Bye. Thank you very much, Don. We we love hearing from you. She's actually been doing a watch through of all the Batman movies I saw because I'm friends with her on Facebook now. But uh, thanks so much, Don. Okay. So next we have a letter from Oswald Cobblepot. Oswald Cobblepot. Oswald Cobblepot. Oswald Cobblepot. Okay. We're not going to do that all night. Greetings, Bill and Anne-Marie. I hope this message finds you well. Already, I'm suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, I am Oswald Cobblepot, and through several of my informants, I have been following this podcast of yours for some time. Allow me to congratulate you both on the longevity of your run and on your return from what we were all led to believe was a definite end. <laughs> your passion and commitment for this project is impressive, and I could go on about the loyalty of the fan base you have built for yourselves. But truthfully, it is your coverage of the unfolding events in my city that I'm looking to address. Hmm. You see, I'm getting nervous. Your show, while at times <laughs> mildly entertaining, is a little wanting of a fresh perspective. Hmm. I have worked very hard to be where I am today, and I am writing to you to set the record straight on what you saw Thursday night so you, the people, and have a proper understanding of the situation, we can do away with the erroneous and insulting conjectures. Well, good, good, good. I'm glad that uh, Penguin Oswald Cobblepot is going to clear this up for us. Clear it up, ma'am. <clears throat> I'm aware that you may think me an evil tyrant for my methods from what is portrayed on screen, but... I think I said psychopathic murder. Meh. But FYI, this is wartime. And it has been made abundantly clear time and time again that help is not coming. Mm -hmm. We are all required to tighten our belts and adjust our expectations accordingly. Then how do you explain giving your dog a steak? Tightening your belt? Well, it's the dog. That's true. We're the dog. Of course, we would like all like three hot meals a day. But the reality is we can't always get what we want. (laughs) You have no idea how hard it is to maintain order in these troubled times the simple fact is that you give too much of what you have people have the tendency to get greedy lazy and entitled most will take advantage of your kindness even rob you blind if you let them i see now that my approach wasn't well received but i did what i had to do I conserved our limited resources as best I could. And for those of you accusing me of gorging myself to the detriment of my men, I've actually lost weight. So your argument is invalid. (laughs) With food as scarce as it is, we must ask ourselves, who is really to blame here? 
You will recall that I was willing to compromise with Jim about the division of goods when the down, with the downed chopper. I have mouths to feed too, and I needed those supplies most. Well, but maybe not at first. So, sorry, sorry. Let it, let it, I don't want him to show up here. Go ahead and keep reading. Keep reading. I, I, I won't be critical anymore, probably. But, well, we all saw what happened there. Honestly, though, I don't really think he's the worst offender in all of this. Far from it. That distinction goes to Barbara Keene, who has been stockpiling food and making exorbitant demands of any man hoping to trade with her. Her shameless gatekeeping has been putting unnecessary strain on those already struggling. I was hoping she set aside her petty grudges to make all of our lives a little easier, but she has only doubled down on them as time has gone on. And unfortunately, I see no peaceful resolution in sight. All very true. All very true. Is that it? The end. The end. Uh, Well, thank you very much, Oswald. And, uh, you know, I would just say, uh, should I? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to say, you know, you're, you're saying that, you're a good guy and you have the best of intentions and stuff, but I've seen you kill a dude for a sandwich before. And so then I don't you know took his sweater. It. Yeah. And it was an ugly sweater too. It was too. an ugly sweater, man. He did not deserve to die to have his ugly sweater taken. No. So. No, those college guys, they deserved it. But the guy, don't take the tuna sandwich. I mean, I say this with the confidence of knowing that my address is not out there. I want you to come down here, Oswald Cobblepot, and we'll debate this. We will debate this on the show. You, me, and Marie, the internet. We'll let them decide. And little Ozzy, too. All right. uh, But thank you very much, Oswald, for (laughs) for writing in. All right. uh, Last but not least. Jason Wiley, I am equally sad and pumped for the final season and enjoyed the first two episodes as important foundations for what will become. I'm glad we didn't have Ed this week as his story has dragged things down for me. Uh, But great. We got some more of the Robin Hood theme and uh, Jim giving people hope. He is really the shining light in this city. I love the Batcat duo Mm -hmm. and the way that Selena is finding her rage and blood for bloodlust for revenge. Mm. I enjoyed the Harley versus Catwoman fight and was and it was great seeing Echo the actress go to or the Echo actress uh, (laughs) go toe to toe with Selena and to see what personality Echo has as she has been largely mute so far. That's true. I loved her Harleyisms and Selena hissing. Great stuff. Why am I the only one who hated the hissing? Because. You're wrong. No, no. I've been proven right at least three times tonight. (laughs) Thank you. The explosion at the end was both shocking and unexpected. And as we are seeing this, seeing this season, hoping this city is all but gone completely. Uh, But we know one young man, one boy wonder will become the hero. The city's need hero. The city needs roll on Batman. I said that as Aquaman from the movies. Uh, thank you very much, Jason. Uh, as always, when you get done watching the show next week, uh, shoot us an email, legendsofgotham at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail, 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash legendsofgotham, and our Twitter is twitter.com slash legendsofgotham, or just at legendsofgotham if you're nasty. Uh, so oh. <laughs> I, think, I think that about wraps it up Boy. for the episode. Any other comments or anything? Um, Nico doesn't like the hiss either. Thank you. Anne-Marie was right, we're going to say. And thank you very um, much, Nico. And 
Sorry, this is really slow. Um, Soledad said, Ozzy breaking down the fourth wall. And I'm like, yeah. As he does. As he, he does. does. Okay, uh, Emery, where can people find you online? Um, you can find me on Twitter at AMDSimone? Question at, mark? Question mark. Why is there a question about that? I'm not over there that often. Ah, uh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as for me, you can follow me online at uh, my Twitter's. <laughs> like, uh, do you know where you are? <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, my Twitter's <laughs> at Phil Meeks. Uh, you can check out the fakest that we mentioned earlier. And I'm actually building a personal website. So in a couple of weeks, go to BillMeeks.com for uh, a better idea of what I do when I'm not hosting Legends of Gotham. Join us next time for more. Legends, Legends of, of Gotham. Gotham. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> At least no one knows <laughs> how we messed up. Of bloopers, that's okay. Yeah, I can take some of that and throw it at the end. You can because we haven't really had that to. No, no one will see this ever. Maybe, maybe they will. Who knows? Do do. <laughs>